dragons, spirits, ancient histories that are yet to be discovered, packs with gods, and a goat. If you like any of those things, you should probably come check out the Broadswords. We are a non-binary and all-women podcast that uh, play a little bit of 5th edition Dungeons and & Dragons. And let me tell you, there are not a lot of dice that are rolled, but there are a lot of shenanigans to be had. You can find us at thebroadswords.com or listen to us wherever your podcasts are cast. You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, let them explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Morning, Diana. <laughs> Morning, Avalon. And morning to our listeners. Ugh. Them. Them. Get out of They're this. They're always this private. coming in. <laughs> We're always trying to spend some quality time. They're always coming in. We're just sitting here watching us while we have our morning tea and chat. Yeah. Fuck them. Fuck them. Well, this is, of <laughs> course, an episode of Femsplained where we do expect that you, there will be listeners and... Uh, um, hopefully they will listen, laugh, and learn with us. Yep. Uh, so before we get started, we do usually talk about some things that nerd culture has done for us uh, recently. Yeah, um, let's take advantage of this time for me to ask you, what the fuck happened with that champagne bottle? So, <laughs> uh, so we basically did like a... We were doing our Friday night stream and we wanted some booze, but I was a little bit distracted. So I, I did like a, a drizzly order of, of alcohol. And wow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. It's like, you know, seamless for, for liquor stores. Um, cool. And I didn't have like time to think. So I just hit express reorder on something and that something happened to be, be what we ordered on New Year's Eve. Uh, <laughs> which turned out to be a giant bottle of champagne. Um, so I, you know, I thought it would be funny to open it on stream. I've opened so many bottles of champagne before and that I believe you literally. And it was happened. funny to open on stream. Yeah. Turns out it was the funniest. Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't expect the, the delay of, the explosion is very funny to mm. me. Um, yeah. Because it's like a second of everything's fine. And then just comically, it's it's literally a waterfall all over your computer desk. Oh. So is everything okay? All of your technology and belongings? Yeah. No. Frankly, oh, I guess yes. maybe because I reacted in a certain way. Um, but it mostly got on me. Um, oh, good. And not on my technology. Um, and my keyboard was pretty resistant to whatever splash uh happened um nice. it, it was it was just mostly a very funny and and very ridiculous occurrence um but apparently there even though this has never happened to me before with any champagne bottle apparently there is a right way to hold a champagne bottle 
that yeah, apparently I was supposed to know about. Um, <laughs> that, which some people are telling me it's like a 45 degree angle, but that's what I was holding it at. You know what? I mean, it is. Um, and I was trying to look at the little video that you were sharing, and it does kind of look like you're doing it. Um, yeah. But it's hard to tell because it's oriented straight at the camera, so you can't really tell how much of an angle it's on. Yeah, it was like... It does seem like maybe... Maybe it did seem like you had it slightly too erect. Maybe. So, all right. Yeah. So the problem isn't that I had it tilted too far. It's that it might have been no. too high up. Yeah. I, had it, I had it tilted, like, pretty much facing the computer, which is why, like, kind of... Like right at oh, the uh, I computer see. screen. Um, I I do wonder if if the size of the champagne bottle has something to do with like adding to the I don't know the, the well risk I would of say it, it certainly adds to the volume yeah. within. <laughs> <laughs> and then I also wonder if I mean had it just been dropped off from the delivery driver maybe it was jostled a lot. No, it was a day oh. a, a day after. I see. Well, yeah. Well, well it was funny. It, it was very funny, and I don't regret a thing because if I it was one of the best moments uh, for me and thirteen people to be present. I do hope that you make the gif one of your stream things, like one when you I... get rated or something. That that's that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wally, Wally suggested that it become the new subscriber one, so I'm. I think mm. I might do that. Um, and, uh, and <laughs> I wish. I, I, I think I may be able to add like a sound to it, so like the pop of the champagne. Oh yeah. Uh, so I might try to do that. Oh, ooh, and I see you're drinking your gross drink. I'm drinking my absolutely delicious and refreshing drink. You mean? Except I'm drinking it sans the alcohol part. It is just. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's just black tea and it's it's black Ugh. tea and uh, like a honey chamomile tea. In, oh, I double bag in it, huh? In icy seltzer. Yes. Why are you not? Why is there no alcohol? I don't Not like you any. have to. I'm just curious. You don't yeah. have any. I don't have any. Yeah. I know. It's, I know. It's very sad. It's very sad. Yeah. Very All right. Um, uh, so what has nerd culture done for me is the question the listeners might be asking themselves. Yeah. And the answer to that is something that I thought of just before we started recording. And it is lost. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone forever. I don't know right. what it is. Good. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I guess the answer is nothing. I don't know. I've been going outdoors. Nerd culture has done that for me. You went outdoors oh. yesterday. What was that like? It was great. So let me tell you about it, actually. So yeah. I, I, I was actually hoping I could find time to do it today, but uh, it decided that it's going to rain today for some reason. Um, so in my apartment building, we have bad landlords. And I say that knowing full well that all landlords are bad, but we have some really bad ones. Um, and there is right outside our apartment – there's like a studio apartment sh sized patch of grass that's completely fenced in and hedged in as well. Um, and there's no like flowers or plants or anything there. It's just a whole, you know, studio apartments worth of 
fenced in grass. Um, and they have aggressive signs everywhere that you're not allowed to go on it. It's just there for, uh, <laughs> for looking at, I guess. Um, but, uh, yesterday I said, fuck it. And I went, uh, down to the windows service bar and I got a to go G and T and I took my dog to the grassy spot and uh, no one could see us because the hedges like kind of cover everything. And so we just like kind of did some yoga and played fetch with my dog, which she doesn't really play fetch. She just she just runs to the ball and then lays there until you come and get it. So uh, but we did we did that for for about an hour and then went on went inside. It was a really nice time. That sounds so nice. How's that vitamin D feeling? Um, it's, you know what I, I do, I feel like I need to get out there again, like right yeah. away for a booster shot of, of vitamin D. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm so glad that's so nice. Um, you know, what also would be nice is a community garden. Yeah. In that spot. Yeah. Or like anything <laughs> you know, that, uh, that anything. the tenants could use. Yeah. 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 Nice. Oh, well, good for Sam. Yeah, Sam was very happy. She just like laid with her belly up at the sun. Oh, yeah. she's not really she's a, like a solar panel dog. Yeah, she's not really <laughs> like the play outside type. She's more sure. like the I just absorb all the sunlight and like lay and bask in it type. Well, nice. Well, I like it. Yeah, me too. Where did you go outside recently? I go outside a lot. Oh, yeah, you um, do actually. But really just in the neighborhood. Mm hmm. I'm just in a very suburban area, so it's easy to just be outside. I've been gardening a lot. Um, I take walks a lot. So. Proud of you. That's nice. Thank you. I wouldn't do it if it wasn't for Robin. Yeah, yeah. He well, like well, you're gives me job. an excuse. My social anxiety is kind of hits sometimes in such a way that it's like, if people see me just out walking or exercising, they'll think I'm weird or being weird. And so it's like I need to look like I have a reason to be doing those things. And pushing a stroller feels like a good reason. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a good reason. Yeah. I want to extend to you permission to walk without a reason. You don't. I know. One. I know. I just think about it sometimes. And if people are like driving by in their car and they're like, what's that person doing walking on a sidewalk? <laughs> Listen, I don't. I know that this is not rational. <laughs> It's just something that's true. <laughs> that's something exclusive to suburbia, I think. Like in New York City, that could that thought would never have entered my brain. Right. As, yeah, for sure. Even as like a very anxious person, I think it's just that's I I a singular um suburban thing. But yeah. I'm glad that you do. Whatever justification you need to give yourself, I'm very glad <laughs> that you get to do it. Yes. I'll just, eventually I'll just be pushing an empty stroller because I won't know how to go back. Because Robin will just be walking. <laughs> yeah, Robin will be in college and I'll be like, I really would love to walk right now. Where's that stroller? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Well, cool. All right. Well, last, uh, last time we had the lovely, amazing Brenda. Uh, Did we? Is Brenda's episode next? I, I think I... Yes, I think you do whatever you want. So uh, last week, 
Uh, if you were on our Patreon, you got a new homework episode. If you were not, you got last month's homework episode. Um, and this week, we are um, back with an all-new Femsplained uh, from Avalon about a topic I have definitely never heard of before. So before we jump into that, let's get a man in here and have him explain it. <laughs> Putting one minute on the man watch and go. Redwall. It's fine if you need cute little animals to find high fantasy palatable. For those of us who had more refined tastes growing up, we preferred Lord of the Rings, The Wheel of Time, true classics. What Brian Jacques did so well, if not a little bit repetitively, was simplify the genre. Mice good, rats bad. It was great for anybody who needed a transition to fantasy from other genres, like Sesame Street. But does it hold up on reread, or should it be relegated to a box in your parents' attic? Who am I to say? And that's your Mansplain Minute. Well, all right. I, I believe in whatever that was. That was probably on topic. Oh, good. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad you feel that way. So, Avalon, yes. what the heck are you talking about? I am talking about Redwall fucking Diana. <laughs> what is that? It is a book series. That Why is are you yelling at me? It is known. It is known. And it is good. And it is part of any worthwhile childhood. So just get out of here if it wasn't part of yours. It was not part of mine at all. I had no awareness of this. Yes. So Redwall is, um, I mean, I think it, it tends to be in the fantasy section, but I think it's YA. Um, but it's Humblewood. Tumblewood? What is that? Humblewood. It, it's, it, it's a high fantasy where all the characters are woodland creatures, oh. like Humblewood. Okay, I, I love it. Okay. Yeah. It's very cute. It's very good. And it's all the little creatures. And they have different little dialects sometimes. And it's written in their dialects, which is really fun. So, like, if there's a Scottish-sounding mole, then the book is written with his dialogue with a little Scottish pronunciation. And it's cute. That's very cute. It's cute and it's good. Diana. Is Okay. So, it's a series of... I... Are they, I guess, what 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 kind of um, thing am I comparing this to? Is it like a Lord of the Rings style or, or um, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe type thing where they are big books in like a short series? Is it episodic, like long-term short books like Nancy Drew or, or Animorphs or things like that? Like where on the spectrum of YA is this falling? Uh, I would put it more uh, in terms of the length of the books and the reading level, I would put it closer to like the Tolkien end of the spectrum than the Animorphs end of the spectrum. Okay. Um, and so the, the books are pretty long. They're a couple hundred pages. Um, 
but the series itself is kind of generational. Um, so, for instance, the first book is about uh, a little orphan mouse named Matthias who is growing up at Redwall Abbey. It's this big abbey where all kinds of different woodland creatures come and you don't hurt any of the monk mice of Redwall because they're known to always welcome people and heal them and um, foster community and they always have food for different creatures in need. So even predatory animals won't attack the um, monk mice of Redwall. So Matthias is growing up there uh, and it's a, a pacifist order um, but he, in his heart, like really wants to be a warrior. And there's this like old ancient hero of Redwall way back in the past named Martin the Warrior that was a similar looking mouse that had like a sword and a shield. And he like really wants to be like Martin one day. Uh, but there's no reason to because it's always peaceful. Um, but then a bad thing happens and it turns out he's kind of like the avatar of Martin and he has to go find Martin's sword and save the Abbey and stuff like that. Um, and then another book in the series might be Matthias's son, or it might be a book that jumps back and tells a story about Martin, or it, it might be, you know, a character that you're discovering in this book. It's like his son down the road. Uh, so it's all within this big sort of branching family tree of characters and lore that you can trace like, some of the characters back together, but it's not necessarily just following one person's lifetime. Right. And it's not like necessarily like a chronicle, chronological, uh, uh, book series where it like book number one happens yeah. and then the events of book number two. No, happen. okay. I think, I think for the most part it, it moves forward with time. Um, but there are big jumps sometimes, uh, and then occasionally it'll go back. And explore a lore, yeah, of a previous character. Uh, yeah, so it, but it's really fun. It's really cool uh, and wholesome, and it it does a really good job with like classic heroes' journey. I don't want to say tropes, but it, roles, archetypes. Yeah, it fits yeah. together really well. Um, but also, even though it's really wholesome, uh, the the violence is really <laughs> surprisingly <laughs> harsh sometimes. Yeah. Like that's the one thing that makes me a little bit hesitant about YA. Uh, so I, I loved right. this series when I was a kid and I've been reading it to Robin, which he has no comprehension, so it's fine. Sure. But sometimes I'm like, yikes. You know, some like the, so the evil army in this book, it's Clooney the Scourge and it's this giant sea rat from a ship. And he's leading a crew of like other rats and weasels and ferrets and stuff like that. And they just go through the land, just pillaging and plundering basically and killing. Um, and they come upon Redwall and they're like, we know there's all kinds of great treasure and food in Redwall behind those giant walls. We're going to take Redwall. We're going to take the Abbey. Right. And so all these pacifist mice and forest creatures have to fight them off. But... There's a scene, for instance, where there's this special sneaky stoat that's like the only animal that could possibly climb all the way up the wall of Redwall. And it gets to the top and one of the good guys is a badger and she knows that he's coming. So she like hides at the top. And then once he gets to the top, she like smacks him off and he falls all the way to his death. But then it's like the description of the crunch of his bones and like his rattling death breaths and stuff. It's a little much. 
It's a little much. Right, right, right. I do. First of all, I want to see that Martin the Warrior is the cutest thing I've ever seen in my whole entire life. I (laughs) (laughs) I am so excited to be learning about this. Um, But just from the, the, like, just basically looking at the cover uh, arts for some of these books, I'm getting more of a secret of nim vibe than a really Mm. wholesome vibe like where like secret of nim to me is one of those things i watched as a kid where looking back i feel like it had more of a dark like tale than than the other media i was watching like even though it looks Mm -hmm. super cute um you know um i i but it but it looks it looks (laughs) adorable it's Um, so cute yeah so how did you were you into this as a kid or did you did you get into it later? I think you said it was part of your childhood. Yeah, I was into it as a kid. I was reading a lot of fantasy novels um, around that time, <laughs> like Wheel of Time. Um, sure, sure. And I don't know. I was just on a tear with stuff like that. I don't remember why I picked it up specifically, uh, probably just because it looked cute, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, and I was, yeah, I was super into it I liked it quite a bit uh and then I remember when I was in middle school there was an older kid his name was Richard and Mm -hmm. he was teased and misunderstood he was one of a couple of kids I knew in high school who for some reason pretended like they had a British accent when they didn't (laughs) and sure I liked Richard even though I was not supposed to like Richard because he was you know not not cool and then i found out one day that he drew he did an excellent job of drawing all of the animals from redwall oh my god so then i had a big crush on him and then you know in hindsight he was in he was very gay (laughs) Um, sure sure and this is why i don't trust it when when like, this is another reason why I would not go back to childhood knowing anything that I know now. Because, like, yeah. that is that person's objectively cool. They can do a British well, accent. They can yeah. draw. They're into what seems to be an awesome series. But to kids, they're like, oh, those things, not cool. What? What? Wrong. I know. And he drew, I, I asked him to, and he drew me as a character in Redwall. And I was so excited about That's it. That's amazing. And then, well, okay, here's where it gets weird. And then I started to notice that all of his animals in Redwall it were, like, he was definitely drawing them sexualized. And they had, sure. like, bigger and bigger packages. And then it turned into a furry thing. For sure. Yeah. So. You know, but... I hope it was fine wherever he is. It, he found, it, it kind of ta- it, it tainted it somewhat for me. I'll say that. Yeah, sure. I was not at an age well, where I was capable of sexualizing the animals from Redwall or understanding why no, someone might. Cer- certainly not. No, I'm and, not saying and, Richard uh, was predatory in any way. It just no. was like it was just it was disappointing. I'll say that. Sure, absolutely. Well, we all we all uh, know that kid. Um, <laughs> I'm just, you know, it was, it was the very first time any kind of furrydom touched my life. I, I anticipate that there, I, I can't think of a certain memory, but I know, I, I feel confident that I encountered 
furrydom like probably a lot before I knew what it was. Like I, yeah. I think that I, I think that if I really dug deep, I, I would realize that a lot of the things my friends showed me, uh, yeah, <laughs> were not just fun little drawings. Um, but yeah, so Redwall. Um, I, no, I really, I, I think this is the coolest. I can't believe I didn't, um, know about this. Uh, it, it looks so great. So do you have, I guess, like a favorite in this series, a favorite book I'm, I'm starting with? I, so as I said, I'm rereading it right now and I'm on the first one. So it's really the only one that's fresh in my mind. Sure. I feel like there was a book where all of a sudden we were following we had been following mice for a while and then all of a sudden it was there was a squirrel was the main character and I remember really being into that one when I was oh, a kid yeah. um so it was yeah it's just like a kind of a new perspective and then obviously the different animals have different they're different animals. So like the squirrel can call stuff like that. And it's just kind of a cool different perspective because suddenly that character is bringing you up into the treetops and maybe you're interacting with bird characters mm -hmm. more so, stuff like that. Yeah. Okay, great. Wow. Um, the last one of these is it's telling me was published in 2011, which. Oh, wow. That's in my brain. Recent. <laughs> right, right. In my brain is very recent. I realize that's now 10 years ago, but. Still, well, I mean, I was reading these in like 99, so that that feels recent to me. <laughs> that does feel like, do you know, do you want to know something horrible, Avalon? I do. The 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 kids on TikTok call uh the 90s the late 1900s. Just oh. just want you to know that that's what they refer to that time period as. Weird. Yeah. It's awful. Um, so yeah, so I, okay, well, feel free to go and, and just say whatever, but I just really want to know, um, uh, more about this. Like, I feel like when I was a kid, oh, sorry, mm -hmm. um, I read a lot, like I spent a lot of time reading but there was not a lot of diversification in what I was reading. Like, hmm. I was obsessed with, like, four series, and that's what I read, like, all the time. And I, ne I really had a hard time branching out and, like, picking up something new mm -hmm. that I didn't already know that I was obsessed with. I am currently the same way. <laughs> with yes. media that I consume now so it's no surprise but I am getting the idea that I missed out on this yeah I I think it's great and now I I looked at the wiki uh to see the publication years and you and you were correct when you said that they jump around chronologically they jumped around oh. more than I realized oh it says that here oh yeah cool. If you see the publication year versus the chronologic order, it's pretty zigzaggy. Yeah. Um, but this is one of the things, one of the first things I'm really excited to foist upon Robin. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Is there, are there any like illustrations within the, within the books? There's a, a, the cover art and then there's a sketch at the top of each chapter, like just a little 
Yeah. Which is plenty, but I wouldn't say there are pictures in it per se. Right, right. Just chapter chapter headers. But yeah, and apparently there has been an animated series. I don't think it was very popular. I've never seen it, uh, but it exists. Oh, wow. Somewhere. I'm very excited to learn that there's an audio book. Oh, yeah. Oh, I bet it's very calming. So here's the other truly awesome thing about Redwall is that it spends a tremendous amount of time describing food for some reason. I guess some (laughs) fantasy books do this, but the food is always so nice sounding. In what way? Well, so, so like when they're having maybe a big feast at the Abbey, they'll go into all of these little like hand pastries with fresh honeycomb and lavender that brother so-and-so grew in his lavender garden and like a twist of hazelnut grated over the top or like it just gets very detailed with all of the sort of cottage core-esque yes yes, yes <laughs> finery yes yeah yeah mm-hmm. um and I love it so much and it's there's actually more of it even than I remembered now that I'm rereading it they really like describing the food but I follow on Twitter I follow an account that's like food of Redwall or something like that where every once in a while they'll just tweet out a blurb of one of the meals that's described and it's always just it's just very wholesome that is very cute. Yeah. That is something that I, I did not realize before, but is something that I associate with like the fantasy mm-hmm. genre. I think it's like there's like this part of like the Ren Fair aesthetic, like that big ass turkey leg in hook yeah. that's like on the table and like it just doesn't look like it looks more appetizing than real food that we uh would see even though a turkey leg definitely exists this one just yes. looks special and uh yeah well I and like i believe that a cookbook was published oh that's really cool i you're think you're right yes, yes in 2005 yeah <gasps> cute oh my god that's so cute yeah i love that a lot there's two video games what Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine. Wow. And they are available on Mac OS, everybody. <laughs> that, is, <laughs> that is the only time you'll ever hear that. Uh, <laughs> I'm very excited to say. Um, wow. This is so adorable. Uh, Netflix has acquired the rights to the novel Ooh. series as of this year in February. <gasps> Interesting. So that okay. means that it's on its way. <laughs> we'll see. I hope they do a good job. I think Netflix typically does a good job, I think. So far, I think they've succeeded more often than they've failed. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, Who's your yeah, favorite sorry. character? Uh, so I really like... I like um I like Matthias. I like the flagship character. Um it's cool when cuz the whole book he's so obsessed with Martin the Warrior. It's cool in a couple like books after that when we then actually go and meet Martin the Warrior. But I remember right. it was a little bit of a meet your heroes thing for me as a kid. I remember being like, "You know what? Martin was cool, but I actually think Matthias was cooler when all is said and done." Uh So yeah. 
but yeah yeah i in the first book at least since that's the one i'm reading right now i love constance the badger constance is this big old badger that is friends with all of them and lives with them but she's kind of like the muscle on their team even though she's an older badger she's really scary <gasps> I to love that yeah she's really scary to the rats that are attacking and stuff because she's so huge and I just feel like she's a really important part of their team um I also really like yeah um there's <laughs> basil stag hair is this sort of eccentric former military hair that they meet on a reconnaissance <laughs> mission at one point and he's really funny and really chaotic Oh my god! Oh oh oh! Oh also, my god! He's so fancy. He's so fancy, and then also he's um, so fancy. The this there, there are sparrows that live in the attic, the roof of Redwall Abbey, and they are mean, and they don't get along with the mice, and they're very territorial, and they don't overlap with each other very often. But they discover in the book that the sparrows are the ones who have Martin's long lost sword, so. Matthias has to go up and try to infiltrate their kingdom up in the attic of the abbey. Uh, and it's very interesting, but they are the halting way in which they speak and how it's written is very funny. Ooh, what do you, what do you mean by that? Well, cause it's like, so he goes to their kingdom and the guy in charge is called bull King Spara. And Matthias is like, I really need this sword. Um, and he has to kind of like appeal to their like pride and sort of trick them into thinking it's like their idea to give him the sword. But oh, when that. they first yeah. see him, they're like, mouse folk, evil, keely, keely. And they all like jump on the mouse folk and he's like, peck him, peck him. <laughs> it's just very funny. Like the way that. They oh, I like that. Like they write they write it in like a bird in like a birdie sounding like yes exactly kind of. um and it's very okay, looping repetitive like and um it's like k-i-l-l-e-e-i-t for like keeliot keeliot when they're trying to order up to like yeah i get oh to read God, it out loud so i'm really really into it <laughs> i have been thinking okay so i have been thinking about doing like once a week a like read this book together series mm. on my stream mm. like a, a streamer that I really like does it with the Nancy Drew books and there's another streamer that I like that does it with the Animorphs books uh which are basically the two series that I was obsessed with as a kid so I don't want to yeah. step on those toes uh but i i want to read this <laughs> like like yeah. right now it's a little they're a little chunky for once a week i would say yeah but, yeah but i so what do you read it out loud on your stream yeah and like you know commentary too i love that on. yeah um, i love that i i definitely um it's a it's a it's an area of streaming that i n never would have sought out originally and mm -hmm. now i i actually love it yeah um Wow, this is so cute. So first of all, I don't know anything about any of these characters besides anything that you've told me just now. Yes. But I have a huge investment in Basil. Yes. <laughs> the hair. Yes. I feel very um, 
And there's like a Basil approves meme of him winking. Oh, that, really? Yeah. Oh. I love this so much. <sighs> wow. Okay. So let's see. Um, obviously, I think I think you'd probably recommend just like starting this series from the beginning. Like, yes. And just, and just reading it through. Um, do you have any like, you know, uh, stories from from when you were reading this uh the first time you know any like resonating things for you or I don't know something that's made this stick out I will say when I so I haven't read all of them obviously they were published continuously long after I stopped reading them um but and I only read them once through but I was amazed with my recent revisitation of them how how well I remembered the events of the book mm. specifically I think because the descriptions are so rich I can remember like I could not have told you when I picked up this book to start reading to Robin I could not have told you any of the character names I could not have told you the plot really besides the main character fighting off some rats but as I started reading I would be like oh my God, I know for a fact that all of these yeah. rats that are on the back of this hay cart right now, the cart is going to flip and like half of them are going to be crushed to death in the ditch and it's going to be, there's going to be mud and it's going to be like really fucked up. And sure enough, that's what happened. And mostly it's around the descriptions of either food or death or violence in it that have stuck with me like old song lyrics that you find yourself remembering yeah because it's like uh, i guess our the media we're exposed to as children is is so purposefully sanitized from all yeah. of those things so then when you do encounter it it like sticks out like yeah it's like kind of yeah. like dark crystal or there you know or last unicorn or there are a couple of movies that are like like are burned into your psyche um yeah that's For how me, I feel. <laughs> it's 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 Lady Coddington's fairy book is oh. is something that I was so in love with as a kid, but that definitely was shocking and traumatizing to yes. to read as a kid because it's like one like slut shaming fairies Ooh. and then torturing and murdering them. And, <laughs> but it's like but it's like written from the perspective of a kid who's doing these things. Oh. It's very it's very I very have not upsetting. ever heard of this. Uh yeah. yeah. I <laughs> I'm going to be reading it on stream later tonight. <gasps> yeah. It that's uh, cuz I very timely. It. Or were you already planning on doing that? Mhm. Mm oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> um this cuz this morning I posted about it and people were like, oh. "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, you all oh. know. Um, yeah. Uh, so so mostly the violence and death. Um, yeah. And food are what really stick with me. But but yeah, I think that... And then the bad guy is like so scary. I was going to ask, is the bad guy Clooney the Scourge? Yes. He looks like one of the villains from... Um, from the secret of Nim and is yes. giving, me, giving me fears. Yeah. Yeah. Just by he looking was at him. scary. His tail yeah. is described as being like thicker and longer than any other rat's tail. And he ha he like can use it like a whip and like grab people with it. And he's just like, 
he wears, I think, a, a fox or a stoat skull that he, like, killed by himself. And he's just, like, really scary. And he's always murdering his generals and things like that. Like, oh. everybody in his army is terrified of him. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's how you know they're evil. If yeah. They, <laughs> if they're, their some own of, men are scared of them. Some of um, his soldiers are are kind of funny and dupey, even though they're all very evil and irredeemable. Sometimes sometimes the, their hijinks are pretty funny. I can tell by looking yeah. at their, their <laughs> character art, um, which I love. I think that that, especially when it's like otherwise a very, you know, has a lot of dark material. Yes. It, it can be a, a nice little palate cleanse to have a like completely ridiculous, you know, doofy villain. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I love it. I, um, and it's just interesting to me. They interact the way that the different species in interact, uh, that all cohabitate in this forest together. And mm -hmm. I, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, they meet a family of squirrels at one point that are extremely cute. Oh, sure. But I do think Basil is, is a good, is a good pick for yeah, Basil's fave. Basil's who I'm gonna say is my favorite before reading it, and we'll see. I, and that. I think you'll stick with it. I do. I, okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, the moles are funny too. They have a very accent-heavy way of speaking that I think is. I don't think it's supposed to be Scottish. It's a little bit hard looking at it, but it's like a. I think it's supposed to be like a, a rough Cockney. Or like uh, Liverpool, yeah. like uh, docks kind of British English. Um, but they're always just showing up and like being like, how can we help? And then like, <laughs> you know, it is just funny. And they do is, lots of digging. I, I have a question. And even though this will be spoilery for me, is, mm -hmm. is there like a... Is there like a Robin Hood made Marion thing between... Uh, uh, Matthias and Rose. No, it's the the love interest is Cornflower is her name. Oh, no, Rose. Okay, because Rose looks very like like damselly in some of this art, and I was gonna be like, I am not familiar with Rose off the top of my head. Okay, uh, but there's yeah, there's a field mouse who's so pretty and nice who doesn't have any character development whatsoever. Oh, uh, great. That Matthias loves. <laughs> Her family Fantastic. has to come move into the abbey because the old church that she lives in is actually where Clooney the Scourge sets up. So she and her family have to flee, and they live in the abbey, and then she just starts working in the kitchen, and she just is seen delivering food to people sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Um, but Basil likes her in particular because Basil is a character with a comically large appetite. He's always asking people if they're going to finish their food. <laughs> I I can't even be mad. I love it. Mm -hmm. I don't care how tropey it is. That's I know. So it's good. it's pretty tropey, but it really is very sweet. Oh, so adorable. Wow. I I feel I feel so sad that I didn't read this as a kid. But I am yeah. very excited to read the entire thing now. I hope that it hits well if there's no nostalgia factor. I hope it doesn't just feel so tropey that it's like a little boring. 
you know, as long if it's cute, I feel like I can get around a lot of things. Yeah. All right. A great. <laughs> I hope um, that whoever reads the audiobook um, or whoever narrates it has like a nice, wholesome British voice because I feel like that's going to yes. make or break it. Yeah. I'm actually I'm going to I'm going to find that out right now because I like to know. But I will tell you that reading it has made me want so badly to play Humblewood. Like, yeah, we whoa. should do that. We should do yeah. that. Very I, ha- I have it right here. You have There's it. no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, the author's son appears in the audiobooks to do certain oh. character voices. Uh, and the author does the narration for the rest. Nice. Okay, very good. I think that that's nice. I think it's nice. I, you know, I think it, there's there's something very special about like a fully casted audiobook. Like some of Neil Gaiman's books have been, mm-hmm. um, you know, done in that way, which is really exciting. But there's also a lot of love in the author reading their own book, and they know exactly like what inflection they want things to have, and like what yeah the voice is supposed to sound like. I think that's good. I'm sending you one of the food descriptions in the chat okay all right the trolley was laden with wild cherry and rhubarb pastries candied fruit sponge fruit salads with white rose cream tansy and colt's foot cordial and hot dandelion tea wow that (laughs) i'm hungry yeah i don't even know what any of those things taste like yeah i know about (laughs) four of those things yeah exactly yeah um, but it all sounds great. White rose cream sounds like a delight. Great. Yeah. What, <laughs> what have I been missing out on all these years without white yeah. rose cream on my fruit salad? However, I will oh. say that we have been fooled before by fantasy authors describing food because an entire generation of us thought that um, Turkish delight was going to be good. Valid. Found You're out saying a that... valid thing. Although that is a real food. <laughs> it is a <laughs> Unlike real white food. rose cream. But yes. What if it is real? Maybe it's white real. rose cream. Maybe. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. I also felt fooled by butterbeer because for some reason it didn't occur to me it would just taste like butterscotch, which I don't like. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't know what I thought it would taste like. Yeah. I, I, I thought it would be like root beer. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Yeah. But no. Um, but again, that one's not real. <laughs> so, right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a different story. Fair, fair. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I, oh gosh. Okay. How, how far did you get? Do you remember? Let me look at the list. I don't, yeah. I probably didn't get nearly as far I had no idea there were so many of them I remember the Pearls of Lutra or Marl Fox that one also sounds a little familiar um no never mind anthropomorphic foxes does not sound familiar Mm, so we'll say the long patrol I'm gonna say is the last one I read so about half okay yeah that's pretty good um and that was in like 97 I mean you know, th- after that, it's like you're getting into your teenage years. And so it's yeah. a little bit disconnected Yeah, um, from that. But that won't but stop I probably, me. 
I probably discovered them right around then because I it's not like I followed the publication of the series. I like binged them over a summer or a school year or something like right, that. So, right, 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 right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did something like that too with mm-hmm. um with what did I do that with? Um that horrible series about like fake historical women and their diaries. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I binged that. <laughs> That was one of my obsessions when I was a kid. I can picture the spines of that series on the belt on the shelf in our library. With like with like the the brooch shaped yes. uh, portrait yes. of each girl. Haunting. Yeah. yeah. Very haunting. Most of them were dead and died yes. horribly. It was very yeah. <laughs> weird fucking series. Historical fiction for kids is that, I don't know if it's still a thing or if it was a, a blip when we were kids, but I just remember World War II Titanic like fake memoirs of children were huge yes. fake memoirs of children the other thing that i was obsessed with was this historical series of fake newspapers we might have i remember you before. talking about this and i i thought i knew what you meant and then when you finally found it i had never seen it before yeah where they i mean it was weird it was weird like it was like you know, they were there was like a, an op ed about the first surgery and like how the person Jesus. remembered it because there was no <laughs> such thing as anesthesia at the time. Oh, my God. So they were like talking about how painful it was when the when the surgeon stabbed them in the skull and like. <laughs> oh, no. And, and like, uh, um, I forget, like it, it, it they would be from different time periods. So there was like one during like ancient greece uh, one from ancient rome one you know they were in different um settings and like there would be like fake controversies about like what god you needed to worship about x y z and there would be like an opinion piece about it and people (laughs) very heated oh my Um, god i was very i was very uh into those they were very weird um oh wow i really I did not expect you to actually read this. I know we give homework, but I that felt like a little bit of an ask. I'm so, so excited, I wasn't really sure, but I'm really excited. I'm right here spending all twelve of my uh, audible <laughs> credits right now. On- Don't we'll just start with the first one. <laughs> Don't you tell me what to do. <laughs> um, I'm so excited to do this, um, especially because I have credits expiring and <gasps> they expire. Yeah. Oh, shit. I've got a lot of credits. Yeah. They expire pretty quickly, actually. So oh, at, but it's like it's like, you know, it's on a rolling schedule. So like your oldest right, one will right. expire and then you have blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'm going to download that so that I can listen to it on the subway because I've been like, oh, not listening to anything on the subway. And I think I need I need a reason to live again. Um, sure. Well, I'm so happy that I just gave you a reason to live. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, wow, I'm so excited uh, to to have this. Um, wow, fantastic! A new book series to read. Um, so here's what I was gonna say to okay. to kind of finish this out because this is what I I like to do. Because um, especially when I get a sense that I'm going to really like something Uh I like to see like how much I'm going to be allowed to love this and um it looks like the 
fan fiction community is oh, no. very large for this series, oh okay which is a good that's a good thing to me that means that people really care about this uh oh good yeah i could see that i could definitely um, see that so i am that's... worried about it but oh sure well i mean with every one of them there's going to be pornography but w- with with pornography also comes cottage core uh adorable slice of life fanfics and okay, weird yeah. crossovers um okay so here's here's something i found by looking this up on tumblr i found a personality hex grid Ooh. for 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 gay bi and lesbian and anamorphs goosebumps red wall okay <laughs> which i think is um hysterical uh so you being a would you would you qualify would you classify yourself as a red wall bisexual i'm obviously yes. an anamorphs bisexual on yes. this chart yeah yeah okay. what does that mean you just I don't put know. your own face that's just where oh. you put yourself on the uh oh i see the I chart see. okay yeah uh here's another one um where there are a lot of series here that I don't know anything about. Mouse Heart, Wings Fire, Red Wall, Warriors, Into the Wild, Silver Wing, Foxcraft, Swordbird, which I want to read, uh, The Capture, and The Familiars, which are all fantasy books with animal protagonists. Oh, wow. Um, and that one is classified into edgy, depressed, dumbass, and bitch, thought, and bastard. <laughs> so, I, so I don't understand it, but I like no, that I, it, I like that it exists. Nice. Um, so I feel good about this. There, there seems to be a big Tumblr, a big Tumblr fandom, and a big Ao3 fandom. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. There's also a big baby fandom. A big baby fandom loving Redwall, which they're supposed to. Um. <laughs> So, uh, Avalon, any last thoughts about Redwall? Um, that any any important things, big moments, or anything else you want to share? Um, we got the food. We got the weird violence. Um, we got the weird sexy fan art from middle school. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. We got right, Basil well, stag hair. I will report back. Oh my god, I can't wait. And like, let me know if you read it out loud on because I wanna watch. <laughs> I will. I will and yeah. I, I I will do that. I'm gonna try to wait until closer to this airing so it's not like That makes sense. I want to hear you specifically read the the mole dialogue. Ooh, okay. Okay. Cause it, of how it's written, like Yeah. Why? Yes, yeah. Okay. I think it's fun. Very cool. All right. Well, I cannot wait to report back on this one. This is very exciting uh, development in my fiction. Um, uh, fiction knowledge. And I'm very excited. So thank you for sharing that with me. Absolutely. And listeners, if you like Dreadwall, you let me know. Yes. You let me know. What are you doing after this, Avalon? Well, I guess I'm just going to be hanging out with Robin until Francis finishes whatever important things he needs to do. 
Okay, well, good. I all I think also I'm going to hang out with Robin a little bit right here. Yeah. yeah. All right, cool. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. You can find all of our Femsplained content either on patreon.com slash Femsplained. Twitter, you can find us at Femsplainedcast. Instagram, you can find us at Femsplained Podcast. And you can check out superdillon.com slash Femsplained to find the guest form and all of the different places where you can listen and connect with us. Awesome. You can find and follow me, Avalon, at A underscore cat attack on both Twitter and Twitch. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Twitch, TikTok, and all the places at Super Dylan. And that is D-I-L-L-I-N. Awesome. Thank you so much for your support. Bye. Bye.